Amen. Certainly appreciate that song. Thank you for that. And uh, what a phenomenal Bible story, really. Uh, if you think about it, the fact that uh, the enemy of the, of the king, uh, really, that he would take and show kindness to him. Uh, what a blessing. And listen, that's our story. That's us. We were enemies to the king, the king of kings. And, uh, and he showed great kindness to us in saving us and allowing us to be uh, born again and providing really for us salvation. What a great God we serve. Amen. And I'm certainly grateful for that. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Colossians chapter number one. Colossians chapter number one. And I want to preach on deliverance from darkness. Deliverance from darkness. You know, in the city of uh, Barrow, Alaska, they changed the name, and uh, I think it was around 2016, and I, don't, I can't pronounce the name, and I'm not even going to try, and uh, I just know it as Barrow, Alaska. I knew somebody that lived there. Uh, actually, they were missionaries there, and they told me that, uh, that it would be uh, two months of darkness. When that sun set, it would not show up again for two solid months. And he said one, during that time, uh, that, that, that two months of darkness uh, in their city, that depression and drunkenness was a real problem in that city. It's a small city. It's not a, a, a very large city at all, uh, but it is in, in Alaska. And uh, listen, darkness, is, it plays a real effect on people. And I'm grateful that God delivered us from darkness. On May 19th, in 1780, around 10 o'clock in the morning, in New England and Canada, the sky started to grow dark. And by noon, uh, when the sun should be shining its brightest, it was actually dark, just like nighttime. And uh, candles were lit everywhere, torches were put in the uh, streets, and schools were dismissed, and uh, children were sent home because darkness had settled over uh, New England, and it stayed for quite some time. Matter of fact, it was uh, quite a problem, and many people were uh, scared because of the darkness that had settled in that was dreadfully out of place. I mean, usually around noon, you would think, hey, it's sunny, it's bright, it's a, it's a beautiful day. Uh, but in this day, on May 19th, it was dark in the middle of the day. And, uh, and they, were, they were scared. Uh, and, and, and pretty soon it turned into panic. And uh, it was quite an unusual event in history. And uh, as we think about that, I want us to look in Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 12. The Bible says this, "...giving thanks unto the Father..." which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins." What a blessing that we would have the deliverance uh, from the power of darkness as it says there in verse number 13. And from that, we're going to take our message and take that thought this morning and preach on deliverance from darkness. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we get into the message. Father, we thank You for today. 
God, we thank You just for Your goodness to us. God, I pray that You would use me. God, I pray that You would speak through me. I pray, Father, that You would touch each and every heart as only You can. And Father, if there's one here that does not know You as their own personal Savior, God, I pray that Your Holy Spirit would move on their heart and show them their need for salvation this morning. And God, that they could find deliverance from darkness. God, I will thank You for that, and we'll be careful to give You the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we think about this text about being delivered from darkness, could you imagine, uh, I know none of us were alive. Uh, it was 1780, okay? So it was a couple of years ago. Uh, and, and, but could you imagine, just in the middle of the day, the sun, uh, sun being covered up and, and darkness falling on the earth? It would be quite an occurrence, and you can look it up. It's a historical uh, phenomenon, and, and they have speculated about what it could be, and, and they're unsure about what it is exactly. Uh, but as we think about that, understand this, that uh, when, before we were saved, listen, we lived in darkness. The Bible says that in Colossians 1.13. We'll take our text. He says, "...who hath delivered us from the power of darkness." We would be wise to understand this morning that there is power in darkness. Most little kids, uh, it would be common for them to be scared of the, of the dark, to be honest with you. And uh, that's kind of a, if you've had children, you've raised children, it's pretty normal, you know. And, and sometimes kids, well, I'm not scared of the dark, but uh, boy, when it gets dark, I mean, they're singing a different tune, you know. Dad, where are you at? Mom, where are you at? Can we just turn a little light on, maybe the bathroom light? And, and Why is that? Because, boy, there is a power to darkness, physically as well as spiritually. And I want us to understand that there is a, a power of darkness. And, and what is that as we think about the fact that, hey, praise the Lord, we have been, those who are saved and those who are born again, have been delivered from that power of darkness. And I'm grateful for that. But what is that darkness? The first thing that I think of when I think about the darkness uh, is the darkness of simplicity. And when I say simplicity, uh, I'm talking about ignorance. Uh, listen, they say, you know the old saying, you've heard the saying, ignorance is bliss, right? It's only bliss until you're caught doing over the speed limit. And the officer says, you know how fast you were going? Well, yes, sir. Do you know what the speed limit was? Uh, no, sir. Not sure about that. Ignorance is bliss, right? Well, until you get that ticket, and then it's no longer fun. And listen, uh, there, there's the side of it uh, that spiritually speaking, ignorance is not bliss, but there are a lot of people who are living in ignorance. They're living in spiritual darkness with absolutely no knowledge of who God is or what God is or what the Word of God is. And it seems like we are living in a dark day today uh, when even in our society, our kids that are coming up in, in, in our society, they don't know who Jonah is. They don't know who Noah is. They don't know who David is. They don't know who the Bible characters are as we've gotten farther and farther and farther away from the Word of God, our society has gotten darker and more ignorant to the Word of God and more ignorant to who God is. 
and more ignorant to all of those things. And listen, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 4, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. And they're blinded. They don't know what, uh, they don't know who God is. They understand that, hey, there is a God out there. We were going through the book of Romans on, on Sunday nights, and uh, uh, we went through Romans chapter 1 that, listen, God has put within mankind uh, an understanding that there is a God. Why is it in Africa that they serve all kinds of idols and all kinds of the God of the sea or the God of the rain or the God of the harvest or the God of this or the God of that? Because they know within themselves that there is a God, but they have no knowledge of who God is. They're blinded in darkness. And they're trying to feel their way along and understand who God is, but they really have no idea or concept or understanding of who God is or where He lives or how they can even get close to who God is. They're enslaved in all kinds of religious activities that change, that they think will change their spiritual standing with God, but their religion will not change their standing with God. Religion does not change man's standing with God. Only Jesus Christ can change man's standing with God. There's no other way. Uh, Jesus is the only one that saves. Uh, listen, you can, uh, you can be Baptist, but if you're not born again, it's not going to change your standing with God. Because religion and religious affiliation does not save people. We find that there the darkness of simplicity and they're enslaved in, in many, uh, many religious activities and they're blinded uh, without any understanding of who God is. Listen, not only that, but darkness as we've already looked at and, and thought about, darkness causes fear and anxiety. That's true. Boy, we looked at that with children. We looked at that that day in, in, uh, in, in May uh, 19th of the 1700s when the darkness fell. The, the, the news article goes on and reads that uh, people started flocking to churches to hear about the judgment day of God. They thought the end of the world was coming. They really did. Why? Because I tell you what, darkness spreads fear and it spreads anxiety. And listen, there are those who are trapped in darkness, who are locked in darkness, who are not saved, that have constant fear and constant anxiety. And how do they deal with that? A lot of times, they'll just avoid Christianity altogether. They'll avoid God altogether because they're fearful of knowing who God is. There's a fear and anxiety in darkness. Not only that, but I'm grateful for these verses. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians real quick and save your spot in, in Colossians as we'll be back there. But 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. And it says there, as we read in verse number 4, or rather I quoted 2 Corinthians 4 and verse number 4, the Bible says this, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 4, he says, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Then he says in verse 5, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face 
of Jesus Christ. And what he's saying is, listen, uh, that there was a light someday uh, that shone in your life when somebody came by and maybe they knocked on their door, uh, maybe they witnessed to you while you were at work, or maybe they encouraged you, say, hey, why don't you come to church with me and hear the Word of God preached and a light opened up and shined into their life, into your life, and you said, man, and now I know who Jesus is, and I know that He died on the cross to save me from my sins, and you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ on that day, and He saved you and delivered you from that darkness. Man, I'm grateful for that day in my life. I can go back to a time in my life and a place in my life when I know that I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And listen, I've not been blinded by darkness ever since. Hey, praise the Lord, uh, I can see clearly where I'm going spiritually in my life. And I have a knowledge of God. I don't have a perfect knowledge of God. But hey, I know where to learn about God. I know how to find out about God. I know how to understand who God is and what He wants and, and, and where He lives and all about God because He's given it to me in His Word, and Jesus Christ shined a light in my life and saved me and opened up my understanding. Boy, when you have light, you can see so much clearer. If you've ever been out in the dark and you've been camping and, and, uh, or, or whatever in the dark and, and you're stumbling around and maybe you have a flashlight and you ever had a flashlight and your batteries grow dim and are, are almost dead and man, you turn it on and you can barely see in front of you. And it's like, man, I, I can see, but I can't see much. Man, if somebody comes along with a nice bright light, man, it's so nice to be able to see clearly. And listen, Jesus Christ allows us to understand the life, the spiritual life. But listen, darkness keeps people in that simplicity and in that ignorance of who God is. Not only does... The power of darkness keep people in simplicity. But back in our text in Colossians, we find verse 13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. Some of the power of darkness is, is the simplicity. But the second part of, of the power of darkness is the dominion of sin in life. The dominion of sin. Jesus said this in John 8.34, Jesus answered unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Let me ask you something this morning. In all the people that you've ever known, have you ever known somebody who said, when I grow up, I want to be a drunk on the street? When I grow up, I want to be a drug addict that's, that's in the gutter. The fact of the matter is, we don't, people don't aspire to that. I, sometimes I think we think people just want to do that. There is a certain uh, dominion that sin takes over people. Jesus Christ said uh, that, that whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. Go with me to, to Mark chapter number 5. Mark chapter number 5. And in Mark chapter 5, we have this guy who was basically the equivalent of a, of a drug addict that had been uh, messed up his life or a, uh, a drunk that had messed up their life. And, and I want you to see here in Mark chapter number 5 uh, what took place in this story. Uh, it's a Bible account, and, and the Bible says in Mark chapter number 5 and verse number 1, 
And they came over onto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. That would be Jesus and his disciples that were with him. And he came over to the other side. Verse number 2, And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Now think with me just for a moment. The Bible doesn't give us a whole lot of background on this fella, but I can assure you this, this man did not grow up thinking to himself, hey, when I grow up, I want to be a crazy man that lives in the cemeteries and cuts himself. You follow me? I mean, nobody wants that for their life. Nobody wants to be uh, enslaved to sin in their life and captive to that sin. Uh, nobody is looking and aspiring to do that in their life. But what happens? What takes place? Well, let's just kind of imagine for a minute based on the truth that, hey, whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin, that maybe this man went, a, went aside to sin and he started following after sin. Maybe it was a first temptation. And, and, and listen, as he went on uh, and sinned in his life of Eventually, he became so enslaved to that sin that he could not break free. I remember being in junior church, and I was going to bring some string, and I couldn't find any as I wanted to get some string. But in junior church, just imagine with me, in junior church, I remember they took a piece of thread or string of some sort, and they said, you think that they took the toughest man in junior church. Now, granted, that's junior church. But you could take the biggest guy in this, in this auditorium this morning. And you could take string. And he said, you think I can tie this fellow up with this string? And all the kids are like, no. And they wrapped that string around that guy's arms and tied it. And you know what happened? Pop, he broke it. Listen, that's kind of like what sin is. They said that sin is like that string. So then they wrapped it around twice. Pop, he broke it. They wrapped it around three, four times. Each time they would wrap it a little bit more and, and, and he would break it and eventually they got up to around 10 times, 15 times, and he started struggling. It was just a little string. But he was struggling to break that little string. They got up around 20, I don't know, 30 times and, and eventually with a, just a little string that was not strong that the first time he popped and that nobody ever thought anything about that. No way you could bind him with that. And listen, they got up to 30 times around. That man uh, could not break that string. Listen, sin will enslave you. It will wrap around once. You'll break it. And you say, I'm okay. It's not a problem in my life. Hey, I can get away from it. Hey, it's okay. I'm still in control. It'll wrap around two, three times. You'll pop it and you'll say, man, it was a little tougher, but I got away. I'm free. And I'm not enslaved to that sin. But it'll keep wrapping around and wrapping around and wrapping around. And before you know it, you cannot break the power of that sin. It has enslaved you and you've become captive and enslaved to that sin. You know how I think this man became the maniac of the Gadarenes that Jesus healed? I think it was just one step at a time. And he said in his life, well, I'm, I'm still okay. I can still break it. 
till the point that he was enslaved. Listen, how, how does, how does uh, the people that, that, that their lives are completely destitute and ruined by sin, do you think they, they, they aspired to get to that position in their life? No. It was one sin, two sins, three sins, four sins. Each time they would say, well, I'm okay. I, I'm fine. I, I can still get away. It's not a problem until one day they woke up and they are completely enslaved to sin. And sin will take dominion over the life of people. We need to be careful of sin. We need to understand that there is power in that sin. I think this crazy man of, of Mark chapter 5, uh, I think it was sin that enslaved him over time to the point that he was demon possessed and, and was wandering around like an absolute crazy man. But go back into our text of Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12, and it's a, he's giving thanksgiving. If you notice there in verse 12, he says, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers in, of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. Listen, if you're saved this morning, if you're born again this morning, listen, God has delivered you from the very power of sin in your life. You don't have to be enslaved to sin. You don't have to be that person that is bound up by sin in your life. Hey, He has delivered you. He wants you to be free from that sin. And, and we need to understand that He wants us to be free. Uh, we understand that Christ's death was a sacrifice and it was a payment for our sin. But not only was it a payment for our sin and it was a sacrifice, but it was also a security to deliver us from the very power of sin. Uh, turn with me to Romans chapter 6. Romans 6 is a wonderful, wonderful chapter. We looked at it a couple weeks ago in Sunday school looking about uh, dying to self. And in Romans chapter number 6, look with me at verse number 6. The Bible says this, in Romans 6, 6, the Bible says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. He that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death no more, hath dominion over Him. Listen, because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross of Calvary, we know that if we put our faith and trust in Him, that we are promised a home in heaven. But listen, not only that, He wants to deliver us from the very power of sin that would bind you in your life and keep you uh, not serving God, but serving sin. And He has delivered us from the very power of sin in our life. That's what He's thanking God about. He's thanking God about uh, the fact that he's not in darkness of simplicity or ignorance. He's, he's thanking God about the fact that he has uh, domin that he's no longer bound uh, by the power of darkness and dominion of sin in his life. That he has victory from that. Not only that, but we think about the power of darkness. The Bible says in Matthew 25 and verse 30, And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping 
and gnashing of teeth. Not only the darkness of simplicity and the dominion of sin, but also the darkness of hell. Listen, hell is a real place. A lot of people prefer and want to be ignorant of the facts of hell. Why? Because, hey, ignorance is bliss until you're condemned there. Then it's no longer bliss. It is a real place. Turn with me to Luke chapter number 16 as we'll look at this idea of hell being a real place. In Luke chapter number 16, and verse number 22, Luke 16, we have the account of the rich man and, and Lazarus. And uh, it is a, a true and real account. It is a life account, not a parable that Jesus is giving. And uh, we know that because Lazarus is named in this story. And so I want you to understand that this is a real life account. And we're kind of going to jump in the middle of it. And we're not going to spend a lot of time in it. But I do want you to understand this. The Bible says in Luke 16, in verse number 22, And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And the Bible says in verse 23, And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Listen, hell is a real place of literal torment. It is not a place of the imagination. A lot of people sometimes they'll say, uh, well, it's hell on earth. And, and listen, I know there's some bad things that take place on earth. I'm aware of that. And I'm not belittling anybody's circumstances. But let me tell you this, that hell is a place far worse than anything that could take place here on this earth. Because there is no escape. There is consciousness. This man, he said, for I am tormented in this flame. Night and day. Uh, there was no rest. There was no relief from the torment that he would feel. The Bible describes it in Matthew 25-30 that we looked at as a place of outer darkness. And could you imagine, hey, being condemned to darkness for the rest of your life with all kinds of uh, torments that would be around you. And listen, it is a real place. But understand this, it was not created for man. It was created for the devil and his angels. God does not want man to go there. But it's our sin that will drive us there. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, for the wages of sin is death. Uh, and I talked about this last week. Listen, a wage is something that you earn. And when you work, uh, listen, at the end of the pay time, you get your, 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 your wage, the money that you earn. Listen, the Bible is very clear that the wages of our sin is death. And what is that death? The Bible says this in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 14, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. There's two deaths talked about in the Bible. There's the physical death. Listen, our body is going to die. 
I mean, it's a common thing that has taken place uh, from the beginning of time. And listen, you and I, we know Christian people who have physically passed away. Their body has, has, is, has given up the life that it had in it. It died. That's the first death. But the second death, the Bible describes as death and hell being cast into the lake of fire. And listen, that is the second death, and that is uh, the wages of our sin that man has earned. And listen, the only way uh, to, to avoid that is by accepting the deliverance of Jesus Christ in your life. He said, and thanks be unto God. He's talking in verse 12, Colossians 1.12. And he's giving thanks. Why? Because there's deliverance from the power of darkness. He was saved from the place that's called hell. Listen, Jesus offers deliverance out of darkness, of simplicity, out of the dominion of sin, and out of the damnation of hell. Uh, Jesus offers deliverance. And the Bible says in 1 Peter 2.9, it says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, unholy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the deliverance that God has given me in my life, the deliverance from the darkness of simplicity, the deliverance from the dominion of sin, the deliverance from the damnation of hell, and that I don't have to spend eternity in there. But listen, even more so that in this life, I can live free of sin and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm not saying that by any stretch of the imagination but I'm glad I'm no longer enslaved to sin like the world is. We started off talking about May 19th, 1780, when that darkness fell. Could you imagine that day? People were scared. Kids were sent home from school. Candles were lit. Torches were placed in the street to help light the way. In Hartford, Connecticut, both houses of the legislation were meeting, but one of them quickly dismissed since its members thought the world would end at any moment. So they dismissed. The other body continued, although greatly distressed, one man finally made a motion to disband since the day of reckoning was thought to have come, and immediately Mr. Davenport, a Christian, objected saying, Mr. Speaker, this is either the day of judgment or it is not. If it is not, there is no need for adjourning. If it is, I desire to be found doing my work. I move that candles be brought in and that we proceed to business. And the meeting went on. Listen, in a dark day, Christians, it's easy to lower our guard. It's easy to say, it's dark out there. It's not going to make any difference. May God find us faithful in the darkest hour, in the darkest moment, with the most people trapped, with the most people blinded, with the most people enslaved, with the most people condemned to hell. May we be found faithful. Because He's coming. We don't know when, but He is coming back. 
We ought to be thankful for the deliverance that He has given us and let our light shine to the lost world all around us who are blinded in darkness, who are enslaved to sin. Don't, don't get mad at them because they're, they're sinners. Listen, that's, that's what they are. That's why we have to get the gospel to them. So they can be rescued and they too can be delivered from the dominion of sin. And they're condemned to an eternal hell. We need to get the light to the lost and dying world with every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet. Deliverance for darkness. I say with Paul in that verse, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Thank God for our salvation. What a blessing that we have. May we be found faithful. Father, I pray that You would touch each and every heart. God, there may be one who is still steeped in darkness, still enslaved to sin, still condemned to hell. God, may we shine the light of Jesus Christ in the dark world around us. May we be found faithful. May we be found rescuing others. God, not because of our goodness, but because of your goodness to us. May we share the light of the glorious gospel to the lost and dying world around us. God, I pray that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As the piano begins to play, if God's spoken to your heart, the altar's open. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that God delivered me from darkness, from the darkness of simplicity, from the darkness of the dominion of sin, and from the damnation of hell. I'm grateful for salvation. But may we be challenged to present the gospel to other people, those around us who know not Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Maybe you're here this morning and you're you say, well, I'm not for sure if I'm saved. Nobody's looking, nobody, every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you'd want to come down here and say, I'm not for sure I'm saved. I'd like to be saved. If you're a lady, we'll have a lady take a Bible and show you from the Word of God how you can be saved. If you're a man, we'll have a man show you from the Word of God how you can know for sure that you're going to spend eternity in heaven get the deliverance that you need in your life. Would there be one? Maybe you're there and you say, well, I'm scared. Don't leave here lost today. Make for sure you know where you're going to spend eternity. As the piano continues to play, We'll give time.